And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Athletic Baseball Show for Monday, September 18th. This is On Deck. I'm Steven Nesbitt, and I'm joined today by Levi Weaver. Levi, how, how was your weekend? Busy weekend. We had more Sandlot baseball. We had uh, minor injuries happening here, as you can see. Uh, if you're watching, just a, I got a, a homemade little splint on my finger. I got a, a ground ball, not in my mitt, as is the, the um, encouraged way to catch a hard ground ball. I decided I was going to try and catch it with the tip of my finger. Don't, don't do that. It's not pleasant. Uh, other than that, good weekend. We had birthday parties with the kids. I was feeding my friend Jeff's dogs when he was out of town. Just tons of very boring personal things that nobody on a podcast cares about. But hey, you ask how it was going, so that's how it's going. What about you? What's going on in your life? How are you feeling? How's therapy these days? Everything is is going all right. We're getting through some illnesses around here. And, uh, and I did just get absolutely destroyed by our 11-month-old today. He was holding a toy train. And I was holding him on like my shoulder and he just like full blast right into my collarbone. I have not been hitting the collarbone like that since probably like, since probably like, I don't know, little league or something. You actually get hit with a fastball fast as such as such as at that point. But uh, that really hurt. I had to kind of get up and shake things off a little bit. Uh, so he's, I don't know. He's got a powerful, powerful right hand. Did you drop a, a swear on him when <laughs> no, it happened? I didn't. I didn't. No, not, not that time. No, and, and producer Brian's in the chat mentioning that's not the Lions season right now. Yeah, Seahawks took down Lions in overtime. Sad day all around, but uh, we can move on uh, move on from that. We really don't need to belabor this. What I really want to talk to you about, Levi, is there was this great story that came out the other day from Fabian Ardaya, who is our Dodgers writer, who talked to Clayton Kershaw, if you've heard of him, lefty. Uh, one of those guys in that rotation that's just like a bunch of kids. I, I think he's not the kid. I think he's the one guy maybe is who is not the kid. Long Lanson, what are you reaching for? Oh, that's the guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this guy. For for you audio listeners, I'm holding up a baseball card, a, a 2015 Bowman Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, your classic uh, crafty lefty who he just hopes to stick around. No, Clayton Kershaw, um, a legend of the game, an absolute stud pitcher, just like a walking two ERA uh, even to this day with with all that's going on he he said some pretty enlightening things uh, in that interview with Fabian uh, saying that base and reading this quote here right now is basically Bobby Miller in an open tryout to see uh, who can be on the postseason roster from the pitching side there's no egos it doesn't matter about your track record what you uh, what you've done it's about who's pitching good it doesn't matter uh, I have to prove it Lance Lynn has to prove it we all have to prove it that we deserve to pitch in October and he made it more clear later like no I'm literally talking like after the way I pitched in his previous game, previous outing, which was against Miami, like I, it's it's not good enough. I look at it as an open tryout. He said, "So, I would take this more seriously, Levi, if the current state of the Dodgers rotation were not as it currently is, where your opening day starter Julio Urias is not with the team anymore. Tony Gonsolin and Dustin May are on the injured list. They had surgery. Walker Buehler has not come back in time from Tommy John to be uh, helpful this season, and then Lance Lynn is is just not." He's nothing like vintage Lance Lynn. 
and he's gonna he leads the league in homers allowed. So it's not like they have a whole lot of options, right? Noah Syndergaard ain't walking back through that door. And even if he were, and even if he were, and so they have a bunch of rookies, and they have Clayton Kershaw, and they're gonna have to to figure things out. So I don't actually read into this and think like, yeah, there's a decent chance he doesn't make the roster. If he's healthy, he's there because the numbers, whether he likes them or not, are still better than the average pitcher. Assuming that his arm stays connected to his body, which is not a given, I was reading, uh, not tweets, but blue sky posts by uh, Molly, one of our former writers, and, and she said that, you know, I hate to be a downer here, but every time Kershaw pitches, it could be his last ever, you know, like he's that age where like, well, he's one injury away from being like, all right, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. To your point, if he's 60% healthy, he's going to be starting games for the Dodgers in the postseason. But I, I think also... To his point, like, yeah, nobody has really stepped up and proved it except for the, possibly Bobby Miller. Of, of all the people that we've mentioned, that, that's not the guy that you would expect to be the, the lockdown anchor for the Dodgers rotation. I do have a question, actually, when you said Noah Syndergaard's not walking back through that door. Okay, this is not going to happen, but just out of curiosity, because he was with the Dodgers earlier in the season, if they, you know, let's say their entire pitching rotation just, you know, falls down on the shower... And they have to sign him. Could he pitch in the postseason because he was with them earlier, even though he went to Cleveland after? I'm pretty sure no. I think yeah, at that September 1st cutoff, you have to be on the roster. You're going to be. Uh, but I, th- I think there's also ways to like like uh, injured list guys off the roster and still make some substitutions in September. I don't know the exacts of it, but I feel like there's always wiggle room. Anyway, yeah, that was uh, that was very much not on point, but I was just curious. The point that he makes is is right, and I think you know even calling Lance Lynn out by name which is, that's an interesting thing to do. But he's right. He's exactly right. Lance Lynn has not pitched up to the expectations of the Dodgers, probably to his own expectations. And it's amazing to me that the Dodgers are as good as they are because that is a very shaky rotation that's relying on a whole lot of rookies. Yeah, Kershaw's going to be in the rotation. I don't know if it's false humility. He probably means it. I know that he's not pitching up to his standards. But, you know, read the room, brother you're fine. You're going to be starting games for the Los Angeles Dodgers in October. Yeah, I don't think anyone reads the humility as like a lack of confidence. I think it's just a lot of frustration on his end. If you look at the, the full season, uh, the, the surface numbers, if you just want to take ERA, uh, still great. 2.52 ERA at you know 35 years old. It's uh, That's ace level stuff. His most recent outing was not bad. Four scoreless innings, two hits, two walks, four Ks, but he only went 56 pitches. I didn't read up on that one, so I don't know if there's a, a really good reason they took him out um, against Seattle after four innings or um, or if that's just kind of their way to ease him back into what he hopes is a, a full postseason workload because the previous outings, ever since he came back in August from the shoulder injury, the numbers, again, look, look fine. 2-4-2 ERA. However, 6-0-7 FIP, if you want to be a FIP head out there. And so despite the fact he's got a 189 opponent battle hammer, like he still you can't touch the guy, right? He's, he's fantastic. He's gotten squared up a few times, so I think that's going to impact the FIP with the number of homers. But he hasn't pitched into the sixth inning or later. Uh, and that's weird. That's not Clayton Kershaw. So I don't know what version they have for the, for the postseason. So I think that that's more is what's interesting to come out of this is, is this is a guy admitting like, yeah, he didn't say these words, but I think he's basically admitting like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm not going to be the guy taking every game one and going seven, eight innings. Like that's right. Nice. He's not close to that guy. And so what do they do if they don't have him? Because if you look at what they have to, to play for here, like they have this clinched, they've already clinched a playoff spot. They're going to soon lock up uh, pretty easily that uh, second 
wild card round bye. That's great. Again, for, for a team short on uh, starting pitching, you want to have that bye. But if you look at the rotation today, it's Kershaw, Miller, Lynn, Gavin Stone, and Ryan Pepia, who have those two have seven starts combined this year in the majors. And then they have some relief arms you could use kind of creatively come postseason. But imagine if you had Dustin May, uh, Walker Bueller, even at like 80%, Tony Gonsolin, Dan Hudson, uh, Blake Trine, and JP Fireyes, and these guys have gotten injured like a long time ago now. As you look back, like if they have to be creative with how they use Clayton Kershaw, and he's in like a four-inning stint, like that was the... That was the guy you were expecting is the horse who can can save the bullpen for the other games. So I think that's where they're they're really going to have to get creative because this is one unbelievable roster they have put together, unbelievable injured list they have put together as well, and uh, and you'd hate for it to fall apart because they just couldn't find the starting pitchers. And I mean, not to make light of it, obviously his inability to pitch isn't far from the most important part of the story. But Julio Arias, that's a huge loss for them to lose him. And again, there are more important things than baseball, but just on the topic of the Dodgers rotation, they have a better rotation off the field than they do on the field right now. And Urias is part of that. And it was like that for a lot of the season too, even when he was was healthy and on the field. To flip this forward here, the Dodgers face the Tigers next. It's going to be Lance Lynn, Ryan Pepio, Bobby Miller going in that series. A lot of people are saying Levi, smart money. Spencer Torkelson going to hit a homer off of Lance Lynn. That's just what a lot of people have been saying. Uh, Tigers land. I've kind of got an ear to the ground. So Torque Bomb, maybe going to hit number 30. I don't know in the series. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I am going to start this week with the Houston Astros and the Baltimore Orioles, two fearsome teams, two division leaders, two teams that won a combined three and six against Oakland, Kansas City and St. Louis in the last week. Uh, To be fair to the Orioles, they also went two and two against the Rays to maintain their lead in the AL East. But yeah, went one and two versus St. Louis and the Astros have had a horrible week going one and two against Oakland, one and two against Kansas City, two of the worst teams I've ever seen in my life. I'm flummoxed by what's going on with Houston and they're doing it just as the Rangers go ahead and drop all three to to the Guardians. They do it as the... uh, the Mariners, I think, what did they lose? Two of three? They lost the three in a row, I believe, at this point. Did they? Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that entire nobody wants to win the AL West. Uh, what's going on? Um, 
They do have some, you know, let's do some hot or not. Obviously, Jordan Alvarez, uh, 1174 OPS in the month of September. He's had 62 plate appearances. That is a full workload. He's had four home runs. Jose Altuve, also a full workload with 57 plate appearances and OPS 1006. And then a couple of guys uh, over 1,000, but they're kind of of part-time platoon guys in Yanar Diaz and Mauricio Dubon. Jose Abreu has an interesting line. He's had four home runs this month. He's at 17 RBI, but he only has a 799 OPS because his batting average is in the low twos. Kyle Tucker is not dying or anything, He's got a, but he does have a 655 OPS over the month of September. That's a little lower than you'd expect from Tucker. Meanwhile, Baltimore, a little who's hot, who's not. Heston Kierstad came up and immediately made uh, a splash. They've had just so many good young players come up over the last year and a half, two years with them. Uh, Aaron Hicks with 46 plate appearances, a 1026 OPS. Man, the Yankees sure could have used a player like Aaron Hicks this year. Interestingly enough, a 483 BABIP for Hicks, though, so that's maybe not sustainable. Uh, equally not sustainable on the cold side, Adley Rutschman, who has a 695 OPS this month, but only a 186 BABIP. Gunnar Henderson, he's like 981 this month. He's got five home runs, but nobody else on Baltimore is over two. They are not really hitting a ton of home runs. On the pitching staff, they had a couple of guys really come to the game in September. Grayson Rodriguez has a 196 ERA this month. That is the guy that they expected he would be when they called him up. I guess they were hoping he would eventually be that. Maybe they didn't expect it would be immediate, but here he is. Killing it. Kyle Bradish, half a half a war this month. And then Shintaro Fujinami just comes over from the A's, does not have that A's stink on him, has not given up a single run this month in six and two-thirds innings. Neither has CNL Perez, five and two-thirds innings. Neither has Daniel Coulomb, three and two-thirds innings. The one guy that's really struggling in the uh, Orioles rotation, and I feel like this has been the case with a lot of these trade deadline acquisitions this year, Jack Flaherty. He's got an 825 ERA for the month. He's he's still striking out 12 guys per nine innings, but just not quite getting the job done. And I just feel like when you look around the league, I mean, Max Scherzer was okay, but he's hurt now. I'm trying to think who else that the... That was a big... Oh, obviously the Angels. Yeah, Yeah, the Angels traded for everybody and they were so bad that they just let them all go. On the Astros side, an interesting one for me this month, Joel, and I hope I'm saying this name right, Kunel, K-U-H-N-E-L, former Red. I had not actually... I knew nothing about this guy. Had to look him up. He's a 28-year-old. He was purchased... Uh, I didn't say for how much. 617 from Cincinnati. He is not a... His career line is not great. He's worth like negative war for his career with Cincinnati. There's a reason he was available from Cincinnati. Who needs pitching? 117 ERA in seven seven and two-thirds innings this month. He's only striking out 2.35 per nine inning, but he's got a 54.2% ground ball rate, so he's doing the job. The Astros pitching's been kind of struggling, kind of struggling. Hunter Brown had a nice outing earlier. Uh, I guess it would. by the time you hear this, it'll be last week. But he's got a 6.08 ERA this month. Uh, Jose Arquiti, 12 ERA. Kristen Javier and Justin Verlander have matching 5.40 ERAs. Again, I know ERA is not everything, but unless there's some wild stat that sticks out to disprove it, it's it's a fine stat. It's okay stat. It's you can't have a 12 ERA and have had a good month. And uh, yeah. So that's I, I think probably give the nod to Baltimore. Got those last two wins against the Rays. Uh, confidence is up. The Astros are coming off a horrible week. We got Verlander, Brown, and Javier against Means, Gibson, and Bradish. Should be a good matchup. And both teams can't keep losing. One of them has to start winning again. Yeah, the Astros, like, that's the part of your rotation you need to be going with, 
right? You, in, in some big games against a great team. Um, maybe this team, yeah, maybe the Baltimore is going to have his foot foot off the gas a little bit. Probably not though. The way they're going, the number of young players they have, I don't think the young guys really have that in them. Uh, you're just getting your first opportunity in the majors, so that's going to be a good one. So I went with um, I went with the Giants and the Diamondbacks. Now it's, I'm going to keep it brief because two two reasons. One, we've talked about these teams a good bit here because they keep being in the middle of that wild card chase in the National League. And the second thing is a two game series, so you know it doesn't deserve that much of a conversation. So at present, to line this up for you, the Phillies are. They hold that first wild card by a pretty comfortable margin, three and a half games, but they're playing the Braves next, so you know any comfortable margin can get wiped away pretty quickly. Uh, the Cubs are uh, a half game; they're in that second spot. They're a half game up uh, as we uh, speak on on uh, the Diamondbacks and the uh, Miami Marlins, who are tied. The Reds are another half game uh, behind that um, and out of the picture, and the Giants are two game out of that last two games out of that last wild card spot. So a lot still to play for with two weeks left to go, and. Currently ongoing as we record is the Sunday night game where the Diamondbacks are leading 3-2 over the Cubs in the fourth inning. So some of this could get switched around a little bit. But all that to say, there are a lot of playoff implications online here. And I'll start with the Giants because the Giants, they need this badly. They need to get back on track. They just won a wild one, 11-10, like a real, you know, Coors special against the Rockies on Sunday to avoid a four-game sweep. They are, this is kind of their, their, their last chance. They have... I feel like whiffed on a lot of opportunities to really get like thrust themselves back into the middle of this race. And because they, you have opportunities against these other contenders and you knock them down, you climb at the same time. That's how you find yourself in a position to be in a, a wild card spot. And they haven't done it. They are riding with like Lomont Wade jr. Has been great lately. Tyra Estrada has been good. And then their, their pitching staff's kind of a revolving door. As you know, of like three man rotation, four man rotation, five man rotation, Ross Stripling's back. He's in the bullpen. Like you don't know exactly who they're going to go with beyond their top two. Well, good news. Their top two are the guys going in this series. Alex Cobb, Logan Webb are going to line up against Zach Gallant and Merrill Kelly. That is juice right there. That is a fantastic uh, set of matchups. You want to tune in for those. To line up the Diamondbacks, they have a chance, uh, as I mentioned, to sweep the Cubs right now. They also took three or four from the Cubs last week, so they're single-handedly trying to knock the Cubs right out of that race. They just won a great game. If you go back and watch the highlights, 7-6 and 13 innings on Saturday. Gabriel Moreno had a walk-off. The guy you need to know there, Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham, you know the name. Tommy Pham has been fantastic for them, as has Lourdes Gurriel Jr. So not really the like the stars um, on that side that have been on fire lately. It's been those two guys mostly in the lineup. But uh, a series worth watching, as is a couple other to mention. The Phillies are playing the Braves. Both teams are... are squarely in the playoff uh, picture, but uh, it's just going to be good baseball, I think. The Phillies are not coming in hot, but they they show up. Uh, the Twins are, are playing the Reds, and the, the Blue Jays are facing the Yankees. That one I circle, not because the Yankees are particularly relevant, except for the 500, um, you know, shooting for a 500 record, but the Blue Jays are um, playing great baseball right now, and they need to stay in that wild card hunt. So uh, they put themselves in a good position now. I think they're in that second spot in the wild card. But uh, those are my series to watch. All right, Levi, you know what time it is. It's time to take out our scorecards, figure out how we did in the on-deck arcade. Let's start with the arms race. Uh, you know, I'm, I've, I'm out of it. I've been out of it for a very long time. But we picked over the weekend. You picked Ranger Suarez for the Phillies. I picked Mitch Keller of the Pirates. And, um, yeah, here's the way things went. 
Suarez, six innings, four hits, one run, no homers, four walks, five strikeouts. Pretty nice game. I would point out the the walks. The game score... GameScore 2.0 does not like walks. Uh, you got a 63 on that one. It's a nice score, but I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go out smiling because Mitch Keller went eight innings, two hits, no runs, no homers, one walk, okay, seven okay. seven punches for a 90. One of the second highest score we got all season. So thank you, Mitch Keller. How did you get this far without picking a, a pirate? Like, how did you just wait until September? Well, there's only one one pirate to pick. We didn't start the show until May, and he was starting to cool off already by that point in the middle of May. And uh, listen, I had this one in the bag the whole time. I was just uh, that that Nationals matchup in mid September. I had it waiting. So now, guess what? I'm only down like fifteen to five. Maybe it's fourteen to five. So anyway, I try not to be competitive, and here I am like up by enough that you're not. You can't. You're mathematically eliminated already, and I'm still just like irked. That I lost this week. <laughs> well, to go to the other side of this, the homer chase that we do, we pick a guy every week. This is a close one. And tally up all the homers. And I'll, I'll just, I just say, no, neither guy had a homer this week. Total, total, total flop this week. Uh, Luis Robert, I had, and you had Cody Bellinger, the Battle of Chicago. They didn't do anything for us. So we punted on that week. You're still up 27 to 26 with two weeks to go. Wow. We, we both got. Two guys to go. The key here is just don't pick someone who's injured or going to get pulled. So this is kind of tricky to, to to figure it out. So so you go with your pick first because I feel good about what I have. Well, I'm down to like teams that I have, I have no confidence in, right? I'm looking at the matchups and like, oh, who's facing this team? Oh, uh, no, I've already picked that team. Because if, if you're a new listener, we can only pick one player per team per year. So, you know, I, I can't go pick Matt Olson. He's all, he's out. I already picked my my brave for the year. I still don't know who I want to go with. I've got two Marlins that I'm looking at. I don't love the Marlins. They're playing the Brewers in the back half of the week. The Brewers have great pitching, but they're also playing the Mets in the first part of the week. And frankly, there's just nobody else. And I can't decide if I want to take the safe pick or shoot the moon. Okay, I'm shooting the moon. The safe pick would have been Jazz Chisholm. Like, I, I love his swing from the left-handed side. I'm not doing it. I'm picking the guy that for the first half of the year was hitting like 400 with one home run or something like that. Luis Arias has 10 home runs this year. Five of them are in the last two weeks. He, I don't know what changed in his approach. I don't know if he's like, all right, well, now that I'm not hitting 400, time to swing for the fences. He started hitting bombs. I'm picking Luis Arias in the home run chase, which is an absurd thing. If you'd said this in July, I would have been like, oh, well, you're up by 40 then, right? No, it's a two it's a two homer race, and I'm picking Luis Arias. Please, please help me out, buddy. I thought the wildest picks we'd have in this this year was me taking Matt Walner in the 13th matchup of the season and you taking Caber Ruiz in the 15th matchup. I thought those were like the most out of left field, instinctual, uh, it, like just knee jerk. This guy's hot lately. That sets a new bar. Luis Arias, welcome aboard, buddy. I'm gonna go with a, a guy who just cashed in five for you two weeks ago. Uh oh. I'm, I'm gonna double check that I haven't picked him, but um, yeah, I haven't picked him. I'm good. Julio Rodriguez, J Rod, J Rod against Luis Arias in the home run derby. Oh, Let's go. I don't, I don't Let's go. About this at all. I'm, I'm, I'm. You know what? I'll give you. I'll give you uh, the one point here. I gotta catch up. So. That's going to be a wild one. And I also, 
like that it sets us up. We'll, we'll walk through all the teams that we have available next time because we're already going over time. We both have Toronto still on the board. I would I would like to see That's a race true. for us to be trying to pick a Toronto guy next week. Uh, so we'll have to come with a couple of names in the bag. But Spencer Trickleson, you can wait for another week. Maybe you'll be my closer. All right, Levi, that's going to do it for us. Time for us to head to the exits. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Brian for producing today's show. You can find our work all week long at theathletic.com. Subscribe to The Athletic during our extended summer sale for $1 per month for the first year at theathletic.com slash baseball show. Sign up for the Wind Up, The Athletic's daily baseball newsletter with Levi and Ken Rosenthal for absolutely free. Coming up next in your feed, Starkville, Jason Stark, and Doug Glanville, and a special guest. Give us a follow on Twitter. Levi is at 3-2-EFUS, and I'm at Stephen J. Nesbitt. We'll be back on Thursday with more of What's on Deck. Hi. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.